I please, madam? I need you to do as I say. This could be a potential crime Why are you calling me madam? Because you're a woman. Am I? Does it suit me? What? Oh, yeah. I remember. Sorry. Half an hour ago, I was a white-haired Scotsman. When's the next train due? This is the last one back. But the doors are locked. How did you both get in? Driver's window was smashed in. What's your name? PC Khan, Hallamshire Police. Name, not title. Yasmin Khan. Yas, to my friends. Can I have your name, please? When I can remember it. You don't know your own name? Of course I know it. Just can't remember it. It's right there on the tip of my... What's that? Tongue. Tongue! Smart boy. Biology. What did she call you? Ryan? Yeah, Ryan Sinclair. Good name. Are you a doctor, Ryan? No. Shame. I'm looking for a doctor. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode number 126 of Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and we are in a new, brand new, newly regenerated, newly reformatted, already bright and new episode and series and new Doctor of Doctor Who. As you can tell, I am excited, and I am also mm-hmm. excited to have back with me Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm glad to be on to talk about this new exciting series. Cole Baines, and always the voice extraordinaire, Mr. Lee Shackelford. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're very welcome. <laughs> I thought you needed voice a extraordinary. voice extraordinaire. Yeah, there, there's some backstory to that, but yeah, I'm getting yeah. Yeah, anyway. But anyway, I've, well, a, I've always said it's a story that, for another another podcast. But I have <laughs> said on this podcast that when I grow up, I want to sound like Lee Shackelford. Have I not? You have often many times. That's okay. right. So there you go. Well, yeah. welcome back. Welcome back. And welcome back again. Thanks. So, and hope you're well. I mean, you've you've had a, a brush with death's door, but you're you're um, fully on the mend, I hope. Yeah. You know, it was like it was really weird. It was like, you know, you get to that point to where you almost feel like, mm. okay, you're just about to die and then you're born again. And it was like, everything was new. Huh. Cause I am still being nice to people. I promise you. So- sounds terrifying. Yes, it yeah, was yeah. totally. Yeah. Well, but, I'm, but I'm sure you felt like you, you know, you fell from the sky and, you know, landed in the train somewhere. That's probably how you felt. It probably that's not what so. happened. Yeah, but, that's, you, that's, but you know what? You I will tell you this. that I will tell you guys this about after, and this was something that I totally did not know because, you know, I've, well, I was a kid the last time I had surgery, but, um, I did not know that after you have surgery that you have uh, an adjustment period after maybe the anesthesia and, you know, your body having had something taken out of it and what so forth. I haven't been sleeping, but like two or three hours a night. And back after about three weeks of that, it was like, I was a zombie. I felt like I was on the walking dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'll pun I, I know what you're talking about. No, it's, it is, it's, it's a, it's an adjustment. All right. Cause but you, uh, you will get back to normal. Yeah. Well, as normal as I get, maybe. Yeah. So. We'll get back to quote normal. Maybe. Yeah. But, but no, I'm good. So, um, what about you guys? How, how has last week been for the two of you? Um, <laughs> nothing really, you know, important to report about just anticipation for, you know, what's to come, you know, hearing the chatterings of people, excitement and, you know, just, just excited for the season and kind of been looking forward to it over the past week. Cole Baines, what about you, Mr. Shackelford? Mm. 
Yeah, I've been, I'm still on the road a lot, uh, for my, uh, my artsy job and, uh, going around seeing, seeing various plays in various places. And, uh, so that's exciting, but it means that I, I, I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts, you know, cause, <laughs> you know, I got a lot of time on the road. And, um, one of the, one of the highlights of my podcast listening week was the, uh, the episode of, uh, enterprising individuals, oh. uh, big conversation <laughs> between, uh, Aaron, what's his, what's his yeah, name? It's Aaron. Yeah. Aaron. Yeah. Um, we were talking uh, before we started recording about great radio voices. What a fantastic oh God. voice he has anyway. Yes. Yeah. So now we all want to grow up to be Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah. He's just terrific. But that was a, I, I want to, I encourage everybody to go find that. And I'm now blushing to admit that I can't remember. It's like 17.5, I think. Is the episode, but, but go, go look at his site, uh, Google, uh, enterprising individuals. If you're into Star Trek and listen to his conversation with Clarence, who Clarence is, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great interview. We just, you know, if people don't have a sense of how smart Clarence is, they got to listen to this because you were, you were running rings around and it's great. Yeah, you really were. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's just very, yeah. Anyway. And well, as you guys, as you guys know, it's always fun to talk to another host, you know, even if it's not your show, you know, talking to somebody else who's, you know, like minded and, you know, they, they, they know how it is to run a property and it's fun just diving in there and, and kind of just going at it. And that's what we did. And it was, it was, it was very enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. I love that he, he played the joke at the beginning of saying, should I really be, uh, you know, entertaining and the a rival <laughs> podcast host here? But, but yeah, if, if hanging with Star Trek fans is wrong, I don't want to be right. So Amen to that, brother. it was great. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we get started, because I don't really think there's anything in the news because the news is what we're reviewing. I mean, that's the big Doctor Who news for the, for the week. But I do want to share for anyone listening, we do have some feedback that we received from our review of The Runaway Bride, and Ooh. it is from our friend Laura Sellers. And we're going to play that right now, and the three of us will be back in just one moment. Hey guys, great episode this week. Really enjoyed the discussion you had at the beginning about the virtual reality technology. As an educator, I think it's a fascinating concept of, you know, maybe putting children right in the middle of a disaster, you know, so they can learn about the implications of it, things like that. There's really very real world implications, I think, for that kind of technology. And I am really interested in researching some of that. Thanks for the information on that. Um, great review on this episode, by the way, it's one of my favorites. I, um, I completely agree with some of the things you guys said. It was, I loved the chase scene. Um, but my favorite moment is one that you guys did not touch on at all. Um, but it, it, it spoke volumes to me about Donna Noble's character. There is a moment when the Ragnos is threatening the doctor and Donna puts herself in front of him and says, no, don't you hurt him. And to me, that just spoke volumes about who she was and who she could possibly become. Um, because I really liked her. She, she was shallow at first. I, I, I have to say that. And, you know, being a huge fan of Catherine Tate before the special, I loved her skit show. I was super excited to see her in this episode. You know, at first, I didn't like the character at all. She was shallow. 
um, you know, she wasn't very bright. I, you know, she just didn't come across that way. And I was like, Oh, really? You know, Catherine, come on, give me something. And she started to, but that moment right there when she was willing to, you know, take, you know, put herself in front of him and say, no, you know, not on my watch. He needed her. He completely needed her. And I was like, yes, I want, I want her to be a companion. And I was so disappointed when at the end she turned him down. Um, the doctor's nonchalant, um, reaction to it, I think was really interesting. I think he was hurt and he was trying not to show it. He was trying to be that big tough guy. And I think she knew it. I think even then she knew him better than he knew himself probably. And he did need someone to stop him and maybe she was that person. But anyway, I'm running out of time, so I will let you guys go. But I really enjoyed it. Keep up the good work. Look forward to the next episode. Have an awesome weekend. And again, that was our friend Laura Sellers. So, Laura, thanks again. And thanks again for also being on our feedback episode or our speculation episode, which was, I guess, Mm -hmm. some feedback. That was episode 124. And guys, last week, I did not even realize when we were recording, we were recording our 125th episode. Woohoo. One, two, five. I know. It's true. And we were only on episode number. I went back and looked. We were only on episode number 42 when we started our review of the pilot, which was, you know, series 10's first episode. Wow. Yeah. That seems like so long ago. I know. And and yet, well, we were a podcast machine, man. We are. (laughs) Yeah, we are. But we're, we're. You know, and and this has become for me, I mean, and I I hope I speak for the two of you as well. This is like a highlight of my week. It really is. I look forward to Tuesdays. Me too. I do so look look forward to this. It was good to hear from Laura Sellers again because uh, I appreciated so much her feedback on the uh, speculation episode. And and I thought of her while I was watching uh, The Woman Who Fell to Earth because I thought, I think Laura's going to be happy about that. I think the things she was saying she was concerned about are simply not going to happen. Yes. So uh, I'll be interested in hearing, uh, you know, what uh, uh, what her thoughts are about that as we go along. Also, wanted to mention that uh, she uh, introduced herself in that feedback, and some of the folks who who called in did not. So uh, it's worth saying that those were our buddy Brett Herholtz yes. and our buddy uh, Ian Bissett. Yes, indeed. Uh, and who else? So we had Dave Cooper, Ian Bissett. Yeah. Uh, we had Mike, who also goes by Randall Thor, who is Randall the Thor, right. third uh, member of the uh, cult. I mean, which there's several members, but the, there's yeah. three main, and the, the, they are the three. There you go. So, yes, absolutely. Again, thanks, Laura. We would need to get Laura on the show with us. That would be cool. There you go. Definitely. All right. Mm-hmm. So, guys. I think it's time for the spoiler warning because I, I can't just come up with things to talk about. I want to talk about this episode. So blah, got, blah, blah. You ready to get into it? What episode? Are you saying that they, they've already started the new season? Oh, yeah. Has something happened? It? Yeah. Oh. Darn, you okay. missed it. Well, I missed it, but I'll try to keep up. Okay, cool. We'll just make it, make it up as you go. How about that? Yeah, I'll do that. All right. So for anyone listening, if you have been hiding somewhere and have not seen <laughs> the woman who fell to earth, 
put us on pause, go watch the episode, because from henceforth, spoilers. 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 So guys, tell me, top level, don't really get into it, but just give me your top level initial feedback. What did you think, Mr. Shackelford? I will start with you. I, I don't uh, squee like fanboys very often, but I did uh, get at the end of the episode, and I think I literally said out loud, squee. <laughs> yeah, um, which is which is too bad because um, <laughs> that's, that's very silly. No, I, I just thought it was uh, rollicking good fun and, and pretty much everything I was hoping for and counting on this episode being. So that's my one sentence. How about that? All right, Colvain. Mr. Brown, what to say you? Hmm. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I funny, I found myself maybe liking it less when it got more Doctor Who-ish. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I'm talking about that, you know, first half of the episode where we're getting all the introductions and all the new stuff. Um and I found myself just loving being in that world where it felt like Instead of feeling like we were in a Doctor Who episode, it felt like we were in a normal setting that could have been any television show, but Doctor Who was kind of sprinkled in. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it totally does. I think that's a fascinating. Yeah. I hope we'll talk more about yeah, that. Yeah, I do, because yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think I, that is that, that, mm -hmm. that is kind of what I was feeling. And it's, mm -hmm. and, and I definitely want to revisit that. So please make sure I don't forget to revisit that. But yeah. Um, for me, you know, I went into this not knowing what to expect. And I think I got or, or that I received everything that I hoped I would receive and maybe some of the things that I didn't even expect. But mm -hmm. but I went away, I think, happier than any new Doctor episode in any Doctor Who episode that I've ever seen. So I think I went away ultimately happy but in, in in totality with Jody Whitaker. Hmm. So that that that's my initial thoughts. So That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh but 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 I can't wait to get into it. So I want to read a couple of items that I found on Twitter that is responding. That's always good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And actually it is. Yeah, let's read YouTube comments next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the first one is from the, uh, you know, at Manning official and it is Katie Manning official. Oh, yeah. And of course, Katie Manning is not also Joe Grant. Yes. So she says, woohoo, all the way, an absolutely brilliant new series on every level. It was edge of the uh, sofa, totally immersed. Jody Whitaker gave us with both hearts and uh, gave it to us with both hearts and the whole team made me one very happy old companion knew Dr. Who wouldn't let me down. So that's oh. from Jody. I mean, it's uh, Katie Manning. Yeah. Um, another interesting to hear from a third doctor companion. I hope we'll come back to that too, because I was thinking about the third doctor's time. Okay. A lot. All right. Yeah. Well, well, I want you to remember to come back to that. Yeah. Um, I want, another one that I particularly liked was someone by the name of Sophie Walker. 
And she says, joy unbound watching my girls watching female Doctor Who from behind the sofa cushions. Old traditions regenerate. So I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Another one from Paul Cornell, who has written for Doctor Who, as well as written for Doctor Who comics and other uh, such, you know, different comics other than Doctor Who. He says, a complete, beautiful reinvention of Doctor Who, so relatable, down to earth, with such character and sense of place. A great new Doctor too, and we immediately love all of her friends. Drama, scares, and comedy all for the family. Brilliant. <laughs> and you may have seen that on his Twitter feed, somebody immediately responded, I guess this guy's never seen much Doctor Who. And I think he said Doctor Who's with a, with, with, and misspelled Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Ian Biss and I were both saying, Oh God, somebody tell him. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> That's Paul Cornell you're talking to. Anyway. So before we go any further, I want to get get a few stats out of the way. This was broadcast on Sunday, the 7th of October, 2018, and it will simulcast, in my opinion, uh, to reduce spoilers. It, we, of course, saw it, you know, here in the U.S. if you watched it on BBC America and then, of course, on BBC in the U.K., it received an overnight ratings of 8.2 million in the UK. It is the highest since the time of the doctor and it is the highest overnight ratings for a single episode that wasn't a special since partners in crime, the first episode of series four. So, um, just curious, um, Clarence, I think you had some, I don't want to say concerns, but to, you know, to give me some of your reservation. Thoughts. Yeah. There you go. Uh, reservations as to a female doctor is what you're saying? Or, or, I'm sorry. Or, or, or no, just in the, you know, like, in oh, the story. Episode. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, not really reservations. I, I, like I said up top, I enjoyed it. Um, but, but it's funny that I felt like I enjoyed the parts where it was less Doctor Who <laughs> than until we got in kind of a normal cycle of, you know, the monster of a week and we're going to, uh, do this thing at the end where we're going to defeat the monster. That, that wasn't the most interesting part to me. To, to, in my opinion, the most interesting part of the episode was the character building at the very beginning, you know, getting to know these new characters, getting these nuggets of their lives and, and, you know, you know, just diving in that world. Okay. Being in the world. Cool. Cool. So why don't we dive in and let's start at the very beginning and just kind of go through it. How do you guys think? Yeah, sounds good. So, all right, so we see at the very beginning, we see Ryan, uh, who we now know is, you know, uh, Ryan Sinclair, and he's with his grandmother, uh, Grace, and with her second husband, Graham, and he's looking like, or he's not looking like, he is trying to um, ride a bike, and we find out that he has a, a disability that is causing him to have a balance uh, issue. So well, we don't know that yet. We we'll find. I thought it was interesting that we didn't learn that until much later. True. That for some reason this nineteen-year-old can't ride a bike, and we didn't say dyspraxia until much later in the episode. Yeah. And if so you notice, I, Ryan wasn't the one that said it. It was his grandmother. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I think he he doesn't wear a t-shirt that says "Look out, I have yeah. dyspraxia." Yeah, but yeah. I mean, because otherwise he looks like a normal and acts like a normal individual. You know. Yeah. I, I wasn't familiar with this actual disorder. I actually had to do some research on it, but yeah, it's kind of, kind of fascinating to see that, you know, someone who's coordinated in every other aspect 
of of his life. And when it just comes to doing something simple as, you know, a, a little kid does, he can't really do it. You know, it's really sad. Yeah. So but, go but, ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I, say, I will say before we get to the part with him riding a bike, I do love the bit of misdirection and maybe the shout out to the younger crowd with starting off this episode with nothing other than a YouTube video, which I thought was just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Am I looking at what I think I'm looking at? Yeah, that's right. But he, he's a vlogger, which, you know, of course calls back to everybody's favorite uh, episode of new who love and monsters. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Let's bring that back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to start off your new franchise, right? Yeah, but, but but for some reason it just worked so much better, and maybe it's because the the idea of getting in front of a computer and talking to it, you know, from two thousand and seven or six or whenever it happened mm-hmm. to um, now is so different, you know. Well, there, there just wasn't YouTube in the in uh, <laughs> what's his name in Love and Monsters, I've, uh, Elton. Yeah, yeah, Elton uh, in, in in Elton's time, but uh, but yeah, for uh, for Ryan, it's a uh, yeah. He he may be in a dyspraxia group there. We you know we don't know what the context there is larger, but uh, yeah. And he's talking about the most important, the the greatest woman he's ever met. And uh, I think, like a lot of people, <laughs> I thought this was going to be him talking about how he's met the doctor. Oh right. yeah, yeah. And and my thought there was also. Oh, I can't believe that's different. I, I can't believe the doctor is really allowing him to get up and talk about her. <laughs> yeah. So we get the next scene, you know, we see him and he is, you know, he throws the bike off the side of the mountain or the hill or whatever. <laughs> Which, um, can I just say just beautiful um, shot, beautiful landscape that we're seeing there. I guess it's Sheffield. That's Sheffield. Yeah. 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 Just, just beautiful. Isn't um, it? view of the far well not forest but the wooded area and i guess like i said forest a lot of trees <laughs> just just no. beautiful and i i thought that was fantastic uh they, seeing the autumn fall there, there's this theory about uh about genetic memory and about uh how your ancestry is literally in your blood you know all this kind of <laughs> stuff and i'm not sure i ever believed that stuff but this is where my people came from oh and wow. When I have been in this part of England, and I've now been three times, I look out at landscapes like that, and I don't want to leave. Beautiful. All I have to do is see them and just say, I'm home. Wow. Yeah. That's I weird. can feel it down in my bones. And yeah, so that first shot of this episode, I said, oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful job. So, yeah, and, and, and while we're talking, I guess we could do this microscopically and maybe we shouldn't try to do that or we'll be here for six hours. But, <laughs> but it, I've been looking, I've been looking at a lot of hate about this episode today and it, it's oh. really upset me. And so I had to, had to have an attitude adjustment period before we got on the air. But, uh, one of the things people were complaining about was that, um, this is a guy who can't ride a bike, but he can climb a hundred foot ladder. Um, yes. So do some homework on dyspraxia. He's also somebody who can pick up a bike and chuck it over the side of a cliff. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's realistic. Dyspraxia only affects certain kinds of motor of fine and gross motor. So yeah, climbing a ladder like that, that's, that's chilling for him, but he does it. And it's not, that's not a story inconsistency. That's heroism, man. Anyway, <laughs> but, 
Yeah, but what I love is that he he can pick up the bike and throw it because that's something he can do. (laughs) (laughs) So. I don't know. I love it. The, the, the whole, their whole entry to the story for all of these companions yeah. is that Ryan threw his bike over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it brings them all together. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, I want to talk, and, and Clarence, you, you referred to this and, and talking about the cliffs and the scenes. I don't know if that was one of the things that just immersed me into this at the very beginning, but and and no discredit for any of the fantastic episodes of we've seen in in the series prior but this new filming the way they're filming at this new lens or new camera or whatever i don't know it just it 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 just made you feel immersed into the story in a different way that i've never felt before did you guys feel that too Oh, mm. holy smoke. Yes. I, I keep reading all this stuff about how there's going to be a new filmmaker. It's going to be more cinematic and all this stuff. I said, yeah, well, okay, I'll see it. I, I, you know, I, I, I feel like I know enough about this that I know that that could mean anything. And now I see what they're talking about. Holy smoke. What a gorgeous hour of television. Yeah. Agree. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, it does. It really drops you down into whatever environment you're in. In such rich detail and a glorious light and color. I'm just, yeah, I just couldn't get over how beautiful this episode was to look at. Well, it was the contrast of having this, this beautiful vista shot, you know, at the very beginning of the episode to then going on and being in nighttime for the entire duration to the very end. So I felt that was very different too for a Doctor Who episode to be like immersed in night almost the whole episode, which mm-hmm. I loved it. I got I got yeah. that Torchwood vibe, or I guess I should say Cardiff vibe, vibe from uh from Sheffield. I don't know if they're anywhere close or I just have no idea, but <laughs> it 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 definitely gave me sort of that 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 Torchwood esque vibe a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could very much see that. And I wonder if if that scene that they recorded. When Jodie Whittaker was first revealed to be the doctor where she's walking in the woods, I wonder if that is the same area where he threw the bike, where they went down and found the, you know, the pot or whatever it was, if that was in the same area. Because when he first started walking through uh, the wooded area, I'm thinking, okay, this looks familiar. And, and that's what, what, why I think it was familiar. I'm wondering if that was the same area. Hmm. No, no. So he gets down and he, you know, sees this and well, first he sees these lights, uh, in the, um, these, you know, like rectangular or octagonal or what kind, you know, some kind of <laughs> shape. I don't know what it is. I'm not good with shapes. Uh, but he sees these things and he would, so what did you guys think of that? Uh, what did you uh, think was going on or what did you think? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what was going on. I didn't think about it at the time but i'm like you know we later we get the scene where i don't know if it was yaz or um or or the mother that or grace that was they were saying why did you touch that and then like the doctor like raised her hand like i would have touched it you know <laughs> yeah. and, and, and who wouldn't have touched it it uh, was so pretty and sparkly and yeah i don't blame ryan it, it was you know it, it was a beautiful scene there i enjoyed it and, and the last part of the effect was that there's a square that has clearly triangulated on him, and then there's a button in the middle. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I kind of punched the air when the doctor said she would have punched it because cause I, I thought, yeah, I would have too. I, I, of course. It's irresistible. Yeah. It's like he's calling out to you. Exactly. Yeah, it's like here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but of course, uh, his, his step granddad said, I wouldn't have touched that. <laughs> the doctor says, yeah, I would have. So he calls, so he touches it. The thing appears. He touches it. It's cold. And he calls the, you know, police. And so we see that there is this, uh, and I'm getting this Charlie's Angel vibe of, you know, they were each assigned very hazardous duties, but I took them away from all of this kind of thing with, you know, uh, Yasmin's character, um, wanting to do more. So, mm-hmm. um, and then she gets, you know, called out to this wooded area and they find out that they know each other. Do we think that was just by chance, or do we think something else might be going on here? It's not a ridiculous uh, uh, possibility. I mean, th- things like that do happen all the time. So, and it, and what it kind of suggests is that both of them are still close to home. You know that they've never moved away. Ah, okay, they're both still sort of you know where they went to primary school. And so, yeah. It, it suggests that, uh, they'd both like to be somewhere else, but they're not. So. Okay. Just you wait. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess that makes sense. Cause I, I was thinking, okay, if they went to, okay, I'm going to say like American terms. I don't know what the UK terms, but with the high school together, um, uh, they should have known who each other were immediately. But if they went to like middle school or, uh, you know, one of the lower, uh, classes together and just never seen each other. I can see why they wouldn't immediately be like, okay, that's yes, that's Ryan. We know each other. It seemed like they had a little bit of confusion about who each other was at the beginning until they said names. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that too. And the way my brain tried to explain it was maybe since she already has, um, since she already has, you know, like this apprenticeship or she's a junior cop or however, you know, she was referred that maybe she was a couple of years older than he is. Yeah, that makes sense too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. I mean, they didn't say that. Ryan's nineteen, right? Correct. I think that was it. Correct. Yeah. So you know, that was how you know my brain tried to say, "Oh, well, what would make sense?" And that's kind of you know what I came by. What did you guys think of his reaction or his relationship or or his you know communicating? With Graham, because I'm getting that there's some animosity or maybe just a little bit of you're not my grandfather kind of feel to it. Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely it. Um, maybe, maybe Ryan doesn't think that he's good enough, that, that Graham's good enough. Um, so I mean, I, I love that little combativeness about it. It almost seems like they're playing Graham as the Mickey of this series. <laughs> Uh, just a little more tepid, a little fearful about, you know, things that are going on, things that they run into, aliens, <laughs> whatnot. Uh, so I think that'll be interesting as we go on and we venture off into other worlds. Uh, maybe him being the, the guy that's being the voice of reason about what's going on. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the Guardian's review of the episode said, uh, uh, Graham is being set up as the new era's screaming ninny. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't saying that as a criticism. It's just like you know, every group's got to have one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
But, but you know, Clarence, you hit on something when you talk about world building. I liked the fact that we didn't immediately see the doctor, that we had this opportunity to get to see pretty much all of these four people interact with each other before the doctor even came into the picture. Yeah, exactly. That's just it. I was totally invested in these these characters, you know, before we even saw an inkling of when the doctor would pop up or fall in, as it were. Uh, yeah, I was just totally into these individuals and, and, and learning more about their lives and how they all kind of interconnected. And, you know, when the doctor was there, that was just more icing on the cake. Okay, so let's go ahead and get on the train and get into the part where the doctor actually falls into the, the, the train, so to speak. So we see this other guy on the train and uh, with them and we see, you know, Grace and we see Graham and they're interacting with each other. And there's I'm purposely not getting into Grace yet because I want to hold Grace for just a moment. But, you know, we see them interact with each other and they're you know sitting there talking and then the train comes to a halt and we um see this something in in the uh with tentacles and all this did at any point before we get to see tim shaw the the villain of the hour did any of you or either of you wonder or speculate that what might be going on was not really a villain at all. It was somehow the TARDIS. I did wonder about it. Yeah. That thought did cross my mind. Yeah. Well, it, and it did me too, especially when we saw what I called the big fig looking thing. Yeah. Um, because I was like, what if the TARDIS had reset itself mm. back to like, you know, the way the TARDIS looks before even it's taken to the generic you know, William Hartnell Tardis or the one that uh the 12th Doctor stole on Gallifrey. You know, what if it looked like that after it's grown? Because remember, um spoilers for um a future, <laughs> the you know, a, but yeah, but you know, you've got that, uh, there's that um scene in Journey's End where the Doctor gives Rose um uh, well, actually, I think that was cut from Journey's End. That was a cut scene. Anyway, there's a root-looking thing that that the Doctor in a cut scene gives Rose, and mm. it's supposed to be a um, you know that she, she she and the other Doctor could uh, grow their own TARDIS if they wanted yeah. to. Well, Jack's got part of one too, and so. Jack has part of one yeah, too. So exactly, he's trying he's trying to grow one as well. Interesting. So. so. Yeah. Just a thought there, but but yeah. no, we do find out that it wasn't, right. and we. But what a cool effect! I just oh, I thought that yeah. was fantastic. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, what did you guys think of the Doctor crashing in, and we see the Doctor, the Thirteenth Doctor, in this episode for the first time? What were your thoughts, Clarence? I'll let you take that one first. I think my first thought was. Man, how is the doctor going to survive that? Because, <laughs> you know, seeing seeing the end of the last, the previous series episode and where how she kind of falls through, I'm like, that is not a short drop. But uh, be that as it may, um, I just immediately felt a, a uh, breath of fresh air when 
when uh, Jody Whitaker began to speak and I was totally on board. I was I was sold on her being the doctor. Um, I, I like the freshness that she was bringing to the character. And, you know, I'm, I'm just totally in, man. I'm totally in. All right. Mr. Shackelford, what say you? Yeah, I was, of course, I was expecting it, but I was so happy for that. And, uh, I, I'm always, um, got my antenna out for the music. So I love the, the electric bass that went down, down, down when we first saw her. <laughs> okay. For people who are complaining that we haven't gotten the theme yet, there it is. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I told you that I've been reading a lot of the hate on the, on uh, the web today. And a lot of people are really upset about the idea that the doctor in mid regeneration or not has fallen through the earth's atmosphere <laughs> and through the, and through the skin of a moving, uh, train and then stands up and starts talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> bounce back up. You know. Yeah. <laughs> said, okay, she'd be traveling faster than a bullet. <laughs> yeah. So she, uh, yeah. But I, I'm always puzzled by people who want to try to work physics in Doctor Who. <laughs> I said, yeah. I, it, it, there, there's, there's a level to which things have to work in the physical world in Doctor Who, but we, we understand that regeneration takes us outside of that. I mean, the whole idea is absurd. So, and we, we, we established starting in, uh, uh, the Christmas invasion that, uh, while you're regenerating, there's, you know, the, uh, almost anything's possible. I mean, River Song is bulletproof. Spoiler. <laughs> I mean, so who knows? But, so that didn't trouble me at all. I just said, okay, she's still regenerating fine. You know, that, that, that's okay. Uh, and then instantly sees that there's a problem and, and, and figures out what to do about it. That's what thrilled me. That ought to buy us a few seconds. Before she knows who she is. Yeah, but she knows that. <laughs> I'm the one who fixes things. Yes. And it was instinct. I mean, it wasn't yeah, she had to it. think about it. She just did it. She just did it. Right. Did, did anyone besides me love Jodie Whittaker in Capaldi's outfit? And I wish you would have kept it. Yes. It looked awesome. No. Yes. <laughs> My family watched it together. We all said that. We said, I'm really starting to like this look on her. <laughs> It's kind of awesome. Yeah, yes. I kind of. Yeah. So, so yeah. When Yaz said, uh, "Yeah, that's got to go," we're like, "Oh, hush." Yeah, I, I was so on board with it. I mean, you could have gotten a new, you could have put on the blue coat, but kept the other uh, because yeah. I would have been, I would have been so happy with. It. Yeah. But okay, so at the end of Twice Upon a Time, so Lee, you have said before on this show that as long as someone gives you an explanation. Sometimes that's that explanation in itself is enough, correct? Yeah. Make an effort. Okay. So I'm going to make an effort to make my brain happy. Okay. So at the end of Twice Upon a Time, I had an issue. I think my one of my only issues with Twice Upon a Time was ejecting the doctor from the TARDIS when the 13th doctor appeared because I'm like, why did you do that? Because that gives the naysayers an opportunity to joke or, you know, make negativity or whatever. So yeah. I didn't like that. However, after seeing this episode, I'm going to choose to believe that since something was happening with the TARDIS, whatever that may have been, the doctor was ejected for, so that the doctor would fall precisely in the place where she needed to be. Right. 
that's, that's why the TARDIS. That's does, why yeah. the TARDIS ejected. <laughs> no, I'm going to buy that too. But uh, <laughs> it's I'm, stretching. I'm glad you brought it up because uh, I, I, it's. I won't be surprised if that's what we find out later. Hmm. But um, I, I think it's more likely that uh, Chibnall's just going to let that lay there, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. But uh, I'm so glad you brought that up because I remember that back when you said that you you didn't like the thing that, that the sense that the TARDIS had rejected her after regeneration, and so like, oh, girls, ick, and that <laughs> that there were going to be people who were going to say even the TARDIS doesn't want the Doctor to be a woman. Yeah. And and I remember when you said that, I thought. Okay, that would be such a moronic thing to say that I honestly don't believe anybody is really going to say that. And of course, today I saw somebody saying that. <laughs> so, which goes to prove there's nothing so moronic that somebody out there isn't going to say it. But yeah, anyway. But there you go. There you go. You were right. So we see the doctor immediately do as the doctor does, even though the doctor doesn't know the doctor is the doctor. And starts barking orders and taking control and telling people what to do. And we get the scene and really and truly the only scene other than a off comment that is made later that is, uh, the only time we actually refer to the man versus woman aspect in the entire episode, which is, you know, oh, I'm sorry, 30 minutes ago I was a white headed Scotsman. Yeah, you calling me Matt? Why are you calling me Matt? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, we I guess it was Graham that said love later on. Is that what you're referring to? No, I'm saying something that she said about picking out clothes. Oh, got you. Got you. Oh, yeah. It's, it's been a long time since I bought women's clothes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I guess I noticed. I didn't. I didn't notice it as much there, but I definitely noticed it when Graham said love, and that just felt to me like. Uh, do we want to tell the doctor that, but she is a female, he's being respectful. So how do you place that? Um, it reminded me of, I guess it was the first episode of Star Trek Voyager when, uh, Janeway walks in and Harry Kim is all nervous and stuff. He's like, I'm sorry, ma'am. And she tells him, um, you know, ma'am is acceptable in a crunch, but I prefer captain. Yes. So, so it was like, how do you, how do you phrase that? How do you say it without, without taking, while taking away the niceties that people do in a polite manner, you know, you say, ma'am, is that bad? Do we care that people say that? So do we care or do we notice it because we know what they don't know? Hmm. Maybe, maybe. I mean, one of the catchphrases in the past have been what run you clever boy run. Isn't right. that kind of the opposite uh, thing of this kind of a male oriented mm-hmm. phrase? So I don't know. Clever I don't know how you place it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does. I mean, it does. It, it does take a new spin on the whole, you know, aspect of, like you said, run you clever boy and remember. So good. Well, I'm, good I'm thinking about thinking about Laura's comment uh, uh, in the feedback that uh, what she was afraid of was being uh, hit over the head in, in this story. And, and later by the fact that the doctor's a woman. And, uh, the fact that this kind of moment, like calling her love just goes by so fast yeah, <laughs> and is, and is so isolated. I mean, uh, the doctor refers to herself as a woman exactly twice in the whole episode. And it's not, you know, it, it's simply a statement of fact. It's not, it's not a, yeah. uh, there's not an agenda attached to it. Uh, those are the things that are making me think that I, I think, uh, uh, people who are concerned about that are going to be really happy. Um, so I don't know. 
And and it's so sparse in fact that I didn't even catch it the first time I watched the episode. And upon second watching, that's when I actually, you know, caught yeah. the love thing. And of course we saw the ma'am thing. I think we saw that before. Uh yeah. But so I mean, you know, it 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 wasn't bad. It was very acceptable. And, you know, hopefully that's the trajectory going forward with this. And you know, you know, while we're talking about the male female aspect, one of the things that I loved the most about this episode was, and it goes back to the hitting over your head and it's the Laura comment or the concern that she had. I didn't feel like I'm watching a female doctor. I felt I was just watching the new doctor. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. So let's um, kind of, Look, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, can, can I interject real quick before we move on from the train scene? Uh, I loved how, <laughs> I love how the doctor uses this excuse to Yaz about, you know, she wanted to go tell her superiors <laughs> and the doctor uses the excuse. Oh, you'll sound like a mad person. You'll sound crazy. Let's just work this out and figure out what exactly is going on for you. Before you tell anybody, I thought that was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. What are you going to tell them? <laughs> <laughs> and the thing I like most about that was she got past the initial questions and, and saw the bigger picture. Not, oh, well, I need to report what was on the train and what got attacked and just the basic facts. But looking past that to what was it? Not, not just what was it, but you know, what was it doing here? What is yeah. it planning to do and how can we stop it? I thought that was really, really classic doctor fashion. I love yes. it. So while we're on the train, before we get off the train, but but also to advance the story along a bit, we see this person that is on the train with them who basically just says, thanks, but no thanks. I'm ready to go to work. I'm getting off the train. What did you guys think about this guy? Oh, Carl. (laughs) I figured we'd never see him again. I forgot about him, which I I think is what we're meant to do. And I thought that was brilliant. So. So. I'm I'm going to make a speculation here. I'm wondering if there's more to Carl than meets the eye or if Carl's story is not finished. Mm. And I mean that in a bad way. I mean, meaning as in that there's something sinister about Carl. And I don't know why I want to think that, but I just do. Yeah. I would be disappointed if that were true because part of what made uh, Simja uh, uh, awful was that uh, he's, that he's he hunts people uh, that have been chosen randomly. Yeah, and and not to jump ahead, but maybe that's my biggest disconnect with this whole episode. You know, we have uh, Tin Tin Shaw. What is that? How you say it? Tim Shaw. I'm gonna say Tim, Tim Shaw. <laughs> She's Tim Shaw, and, and, and which is whole, just how he appears in the credits too. I love that. <laughs> you know, this race of warriors uh, that we don't see but we hear about. And to, you know, garner this position of superiority, he goes and hunts helpless humans on Earth. I just feel like that that was just a big misstep in this episode huh. um, because uh, I don't know. I don't know if, if you're doing something that should show that you're superior in some sense. Why are we hunting uh, helpless hamsters in the cage. That's how it felt to me. Now, yeah. m- maybe part of that, you know, achieving this status is being able to hunt or find the person in this needle in the haystack situation. 
And hence, that would make sense why we had the uh, snake thing, whatever it's called. I forgot. Cool monster. So that, that 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 would make sense if part of it was actually finding the person, but that's not really how I felt it was portrayed in the episode. I don't know. Mm. Well, we know, you know, that this has happened before because we have the person who met his untimely and sad demise, and which was another departure from traditional Doctor Who, and actually kind of reminds me of classic Doctor Who, and this may be what you were thinking of, Lee. When you, you know, reference some of the classic earlier and, and, and if not, you know, please, you know, yep. jump in. But we see, you know, these side characters that come in that have a story that are getting killed. I mean, this, yep. you know, that's just sad. Mm-hmm. Was that where you were going? Yep. And that, that is so classic who that is so it, it, it's spirit from space. It's, you know, something mm-hmm. fell down from the sky. Don't touch it. <laughs> yeah, but it's real interesting. Don't touch it. Don't, 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 don't. You're going to end up dead. Yeah. And and the doctor doesn't show up in the story until much later. We have to deal with these uh, these regular folks who have, uh, you know, had something uh, drop into their laps that's extraordinary. And and it actually it happened again and again and again in, in the in the uh, the classic series. And and uh, one of the reviews that I was reading today, I think it was on Vox, they were talking about how how cleverly uh and they're backing me up that's why i thought it was clever that <laughs> uh, that so many things on the show were new that for fans of the cla- or of classic who this is sort of reassuring that this story in a lot of ways is really conventional this is this is this is the doctor who we're accustomed to um, something weird is going on and and the ordinary mortals are are getting in trouble every time they come into contact with it and then here comes the doctor who may be able to figure out what's going on. The doctor's going to take some missteps and go down some wrong paths and then finally figure out exactly what's going to, what's happening and the, the desperate thing we have to do in order to do, to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's seeds of doom, spearhead from space. It's, you know, there's lots of others. And, uh, and I, 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 I did, I did find that reassuring. I <laughs> said, so, yeah, that's Dr. Who. All right. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, poor Raul and his sister. We never even oh, saw her. That that yeah. happened seven years ago, you know. Yeah. But um, no, it's funny that the, uh, I, I'm surprised, Clarence, that 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 thing about what uh, Simshaw's mission is bugged you because what I thought of was no, you're right. That is pathetic. But <laughs> th- th- that's I mean, what he's doing is pathetic. But it's it's European and American colonialism. I mean, that's sort of the, the history mm. of, of the Good. world is to go to, you know, to people who don't have guns and shoot them yep, and say, right. you know, mm. hey, the, hey, the guy, hey, the, the gods are here. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we can judge him, but say, well, that, that's, that's, that's in my history anyway. People doing just what he's doing. So mm. that's what I thought. I mean, though, I do love how, um, you know, at first I was like, "How is is the name Raul? I don't is that his name? The sister, brother? Yeah, yeah, Raul. yeah. Mm-hmm. I do love how he was. Um, at first, I'm like, "How is he like actually tracking this pod down and you know uh, hauling it into his 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 uh what not basement? What is it a just <laughs> shop? Yeah, yeah. shop. <laughs> but I love how they kind of just lightly sprinkled in there. Oh, 
you know, this has been so long ago and he's been, you know, reading the atmospheric disruptions and yeah. energy signals and predictive analysis and all this other stuff. I, I love how they kind of sprinkle that in there to kind of tell you, okay, he's been, he's been researching this a while. He, he didn't just, you know, find this pod out of the blue. So I really right. love that. He's had seven years to figure this out. Yeah. And again, back to the tragedy of it, he figures it out. He gets his answer and it, the answer kills him. Yeah. Yeah. You'll oh, never man. know. Jeez. And, you know, speaking of the killing and another thing that just made me once again say, this is a different showrunner. This is not the fairy tale or the happy or whatever wibbly uh, whimsical uh, of Stephen Moffat. When we see this, you know, grandfather FaceTiming or what, Skyping or whatever with his granddaughter and says, Oh, I have to go. You know, I'll talk to you later. Click mm-hmm. and walks out and you see, oh, man. Well, what was up with the sandwich guy? Do we know what's going? <laughs> I don't get the connection. I know some people saw- love the sandwich guy. Yeah. Well, I saw a lot of hate for sandwich guy on that. The- <laughs> See, I was just puzzled. You I mean, were just like, trolling all the hate streams today. I, I wa- Listen, there's a Facebook group called Not My Doctor. Oh, God. Please yes. tell me you, you didn't, like, join Not My Doctor. <laughs> I, there, there's two hate groups for, for Jody Whittaker's doctor, and one of them is by invitation only. I have no interest in being asked to, to join the group. But uh, Not My Doctor, you can go in, and it, it's an open group, and you can go look. And I did spend uh, enough time in there to make me want to – Hurt somebody, but, um, but yeah, I don't know if it was there or some of the other places that I was torturing myself with, but a lot of people were just saying, who, who gets so drunk that they're throwing salad around? And, <laughs> and, and a number of people helpfully and I thought correctly said, you've never been that drunk. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> and, and, and then, and what I thought was helpful was somebody from the UK saying, look, this is to go kebab. And they always give you this delicious kebab and they put some, the salad on the side. Nobody eats that salad. Oh, wow. Oh, that's inside baseball. I love it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I said, okay, once I got a little bit of the inside baseball, it's like, okay, I, I think that probably made more sense to people from Sheffield. <laughs> Makes me smile. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So this is a drunk guy. He's got a kebab. He's walked along saying, yeah, vegetables. <laughs> and he's probably doing what most people do, even if they're drunk or not in Sheffield with that. <laughs> throw it on the street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's not Halloween. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, Halloween's next month, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that does remind me that I did see something funny today when people are out there sort of making fun of the episode that somebody uh, who, who clearly is from from that part of uh, England who's saying, uh, you could tell this is science fiction because there was a train running from Sheffield to Manchester that wasn't a total hellhole. I mean, there were people, yeah, there were, wow. there was nobody there being sick and there was nobody, you know, people didn't sit down and go, Ooh, what did I just sit in? You know, oh, wow. the train was apparently running on time and everything. They're going, yeah, science fiction. <laughs> well, we can hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> I have ridden a train like that from London uh, to Huddersfield and it was very nice. I had so, so bleh. Yeah, they had a chameleon circuit on it. So there you go. Exactly. (laughs) So let's um, let's go back a step a little bit and let's talk about the scene where the doctor realizes that, you know, the pockets are empty and something is needed to help figure this out. And the doctor proceeds to build 
a sonic screwdriver. Thoughts? Hmm. Well, we knew we had had to tease before that the sonic was going to come from a, a surprising place this time. And so when that part of the story happened, I thought, oh, she's going to build it right here and right now. That's going to be, that's going to be awesome. And I, I love that little montage, that little sequence of her, uh, uh, yeah. And if you know anything about the region at all, you know that, um, uh, Sheffield is all about, uh, uh metalworks. So, uh, and that the spoons and knives and forks are things that people know. People have Sheffield, uh, cutlery. Oh. So, you know, when, when she, when she looks at the spoon and has this big grin, it's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what she's doing. So, yeah, this is new Sonic. See, I looked at the spoon totally differently. I looked at Yeah, we spoon. thought that was a Matt Smith. No, no, well, well, I mean, it was also a Peter Capaldi because remember he fought Robin Hood with a spoon. Yeah. Okay. Am I confusing that? I thought that, I thought it was, uh, 11 who had a, was, was proudly carrying around a spoon in his pocket at one point. No, that was 12. That was 12. Okay. I haven't seen that in a while. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the Robin Hood one. Um, but yeah. So, so that's what that's about. And, and apparently when you, when you get the, uh, the replica, uh, if you if you get one of the uh, the current screwdriver toys, you can actually see that uh, that uh, city of Sheffield stamp on it. Oh wow! Still there from the spoons. Ah, cool. That's cool. Yeah. So, what did you think, Clarence? What did you think of the new Sonic? Uh, I absolutely love the the building the Sonic scene. Um, I didn't like so much when she reprogrammed Ryan's phone, but that's another story. <laughs> but but this so much stuff's on there. <laughs> Me being a computer person, uh, yeah. I just like she didn't. She just looked at it, and anyway, she put a whole new OS on it. But we'll, let's talk yeah. about the Sonic. Let's talk about the uh, Sonic Swish Army Knife. I loved it, and this is such a contrast to maybe some of the stuff. I know, Cal, you in particular mentioned that we don't like from early on of the reboot of of when they're in a TARDIS and they're moving all these levers and stuff. Um, to me. This felt like, you know, like you said, like you said, Lee, it, it felt like a, a nice little montage, uh, cue the MacGyver music. Mm-hmm. And it, and I loved it. I love these MacGyver building moments. And we get, I guess we get again a little bit at the end of the episode, uh, when we're trying to find a TARDIS, but man, I love, we need more of that. I love seeing the doctor be a builder creator. And it's just, I know that's absolutely fascinated me. And I love like kind of the explanation we got for what what the Sonic was for the new people, I thought it was very, um, very helpful. Mm-hmm. I love calling, calling it not a screwdriver, but a, uh, oh, my brain is dying. Swiss Army knife. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Sonic Swiss Army knife. Yes. But without the knife, only idiots carry knives. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> well, and, and all of us who have, who have bought the, uh, the toys over the years, uh, I mean, I thought I was really cool because I had a, uh, I had the, the ninth doctor's, uh, you know, Sonic for a while. And, uh, <laughs> but we would see, especially, uh, 10 and 11, they would, they would, uh, you scan something with it and they would look at the screwdriver. Hmm. And once you had one of the replicas, one of the, one of the toys, you, you could see that there really isn't anything to see when you look at it that way. <laughs> and you, and you did have to kind of wonder, what is he looking at exactly? <laughs> kind of, he's kind of looking at the body of the screwdriver, you know, okay. So he can, you know, and, and we learned, uh, in, uh, Dr. Dance's an empty child that it has, uh, numerical settings. He gives it to Rose and gives her a number. I don't know how she's supposed to know that, be, how to set it because there's nothing to show it on the, on the device at all. So, you know, and then that's okay. I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind that, but, uh, 
hers has really got a display on the side. Oh, really? Cool. It's really got it's got some little uh, little LED pips in it, you know, that that at least for the first time it looks like there's something to look at when you're when you're scanning like that. So, All know, right. still not a still not a tricorder, but uh, So do you want an explanation, <laughs> Mr. Shackelford? Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. I think right. I know where you're going with this. All yeah. right. So where do you think I'm going with it? So tell I, me. I think I think you're going to say it has something to do with the TARDIS and telepathic ability. Okay. Just, so he just it. said it. <laughs> That's cool because, uh, again, because I've decided to immerse myself in the hate parade today. <laughs> uh, one of the things, the one of the umpty ump things that people were complaining about this episode uh, the, uh, uh, was that um, – we know that the sonic screwdriver is linked to the TARDIS. And in fact, it's the same sonic screwdriver. This was established in Day of the Doctor. It's canon. It's the same machine. She's broken the continuity. This isn't the sonic screwdriver. The sonic screwdriver is gone. Now we're into something else. And I thought, I don't see any reason why she can't, when she gets matched up with the TARDIS again, that uh, she can't just um, upload that software to her. Yeah. Good point. Vice, anyway. So before since we, as Clarence points out, apparently she can install an operating system on something <laughs> by looking at it. But <laughs> hey, still post regeneration, so she—that's right. Mental power. You don't know hey, what her powers are exactly. So if you can, uh, you know, erase people's memories, you can mentally uh, reprogram a phone. I guess so. So before we move on to the basic. Uh, you know, finale or the, you know, the, the big moments or the, in the end of the episode. Let's talk about the ship as she keeps calling it and mainly the TARDIS. This is the first time since the first doctor that the doctor really has referred to the TARDIS as a ship. Hmm. Uh, in Runaway Bride, the doctor says, you know, for a spaceship, she doesn't really like traveling in space that much. Which one did that? Uh, a ten and uh, ah, the okay. ride. Um, I feel like I've heard ship yeah. every now and then, but but you're right. It isn't. It's it's more like home. It's more like I don't know. Or, or just the TARDIS, my TARDIS. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. So, what do we think is going on with the TARDIS? Hey. I, I think it's just <laughs> again. One of the complaints that I saw today is running it's, from Jodie Whittaker. <laughs> well, yeah, we certainly had that. But but also just that it, it, one of the many stupid mistakes that Chris Chibnall, who obviously can't write his way out of a paperback, has made oh. is that he's given us Doctor Who without the TARDIS, which is just stupid. Um, I reached out to uh, Alan Seiler, who is one of our, our friends from uh, Who Lanta and a uh, major, major Whovian, and uh, – and, and uh, on Facebook, and I was saying, uh, refresh my memory about the fourth Doctor's time without the TARDIS. How long did that go on? He was saying, yeah, well, most of a season. And, and it's true. He, uh, Harry Sullivan and Sarah Jane and the fourth Doctor, they didn't have the TARDIS through the Sontaran experiment, Genesis of the Daleks, and um, now they can be shouting at their podcast players right now because I can't remember what the third story is in that series, but they, they had a, a time ring that was taking them from place to place. Um, well, it took them to the arc arc in space. Is that yeah, what it is? Maybe the arc in space. Yeah, I think so. But anyway, but, but my point is that for classic fans, we've seen the doctor without the TARDIS before. It doesn't break the show. Uh, he, he, he had the TARDIS, uh, the third doctor had the TARDIS, but it didn't, he couldn't go anywhere with it. He could go inside, but that was, that was all. And, um, 
which I thought was one of the reasons why Katie Manning was saying, you know, no, I get this. <laughs> I understand how this mm-hmm. works. So, you know, it's, it's not a, a blunder on Chris Chibnall's part. He was using this episode to introduce us to the doctor and her new friends and this new situation and the new Sonic. That's enough. Yeah. Yeah. I come from that same exact point of view, Lee, is that especially you got to think in, and even from like the pre-show to the episode, you can see the amount of new fandom that this episode was bringing in. Yeah. So, so we're onboarding people into this franchise. It's just one less thing they have to worry about figuring out yeah. this episode. <laughs> and you know, when we were, I didn't notice this until we went through reviewing all the ninth doctor's stories that, uh, how, how RTD had done this back in 2005, 2006, that he, he was very carefully, every episode introduced us to a new part yeah. of Doctor Who uh, mythology and the things you need to know. And so, and that we never got the whole thing about regeneration until Rose had to be confronted with it. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so I love that. You know, I, I, I will be content for us to keep teasing that there's a, a TARDIS that's out there probably uh, healing and, and rebooting out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, also, oh. if we'd had the TARDIS, we wouldn't have had that jolly cliffhanger we got this time. Oh, yeah, that was beautiful. Smoke. That was beautiful. Yeah. You know, it just it just makes me wonder what, and maybe we could find somebody <laughs> and get their feedback and, and play it on the show. But I just love to hear the point of view of someone who knows nothing about Doctor Who, and yeah. this is their first episode. I would be so interested to hear what they have to say. Mm. You know, do they think this is just this person that just, turns into somebody else and rebuilds stuff and helps people. I mean, that's kind of what we got in this episode. Yeah. So, I mean, I would love to hear that point of view. Yeah. That, 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 that would be interesting because you wouldn't even know what a TARDIS is supposed to look like if you've never seen, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why it matters so much. Why does it even matter? And, you know, from a writing perspective on Chipnell's part, and going back to something Clarence said was one of his favorite parts or the most, in, one of his more enjoyable parts of watching was the introduction of those characters at the beginning. My gut tells me if we had the TARDIS at the end, that would have been for time wise, that part that we got at the beginning would have been sacrificed Instead, mm-hmm. at the end, for the, oh, it's bigger on the inside than it is yep. on the outside. Yeah. Yep. My feeling exactly. Yep. And I would much rather have learning about Ryan and his family and meeting up with Yaz. And, yeah. Much rather. So let's, um, you know, uh, get to the point to where we see. Well, actually, I do want to make a comment on something that the doctor said, because to me, this is one of the best explanation since we were talking about Rose being confronted with regeneration. The comment that she makes to uh, Graham and Grace about regeneration is one of the best, in my opinion, explanations of regeneration. And the way she says, every cell in my body burning, some of them are still at it now, reordering, regenerating. It sounds pain. Oh, and that's where he says it sounds painful. Of okay, I got that. Uh, that's where. And then he, she says, uh, "You have no idea." There's this moment uh, when you're sure you're about to die, and then you're born. 
It's terrifying. Right now, I'm a stranger to myself. There's echoes of who I was and a sort of call towards who I am. And I have to hold on to my nerve and trust these new instincts, shape myself towards them. And in the end, I'll be fine, hopefully. I, I just thought that that was like really, really cool the way they explain that. Yeah. My, my wife and I just sort of looked at each other and said, wow. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, we related it to uh, something that you, Kyle, had wisely said uh, a long time ago when, when she was interviewing you for her book that uh, is going to come out in next July, we've learned, uh, about fandoms and things like that. And, and you were talking about how, if this isn't too personal, about how uh, being a fan of the doctor has helped you through real-life situations about that if that's a character who is your hero and you and you know that that um, in this fictional world that that uh, he and she can uh, successfully navigate turning into somebody else then that that can give us courage to to face transitions in our in our own lives in the real world and, and say maybe maybe this is how you do it maybe you maybe it's really scary and painful and then you're on the other side and, and the adventure continues, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I thought this was, this was her making that even more articulate, that, that call towards something that you know, you're supposed to be. I just, I just love that. Um, and, and it, it, it is, I think if you take something like that to heart, it is, it is inspiring. Um, we, we, we all face, you know, the prospect of becoming something other than what we are. And you, you know, yeah, it's, it's frightening. It is. I love the, the way Jody performed that because she is grinning ear to ear when she says it's terrifying. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> you, and maybe because she's also finds it exciting, but also she's on the other side of it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was scary. Yeah, for our car from Peter Capaldi just a few moments ago. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The white-haired Scotsman. Yeah, but 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 you know it's you know and going back to the conversation that I had um, with Karen that that you're referring to, you know when the I think about the time that she and I talked, that would have been probably about well I had just moved to uh, you know out of. Hattiesburg, Mississippi, where I had lived for like 18 years. And, yeah. you know, that it just so happened that the time that that happened was the last episode that I had seen of Doctor Who right prior to all of this happening was Matt Smith's exit as the doctor right before the mm-hmm. 13th doctor came along. And, well, you know, there was that scene and that speech of we all change, you know, when you think about it, et cetera, and so forth. And, you know, that just like played over and over and over in my mind, even so much that one other person, the last day that I was at work um, in um, Mississippi, you know, in Hattiesburg actually came and said that, uh, you know, and talked about that uh, quote, you know, right mm. as I was getting ready to leave and, <laughs> uh, you know, which, which meant a lot to me, to be honest with you and, you know, brutally honest. Yeah. So, so you're right. Uh, it is very, um, you know, that, 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 that 
regeneration thing, that is something that we do. And it was cool to be able to relate to that. And just hearing it again, the way she described it or Chibnall's words describing it was just, I just thought poetic. I just really liked it. It's beautiful. It, it would have really been missing an opportunity if this story wasn't about difficult changes. Uh, she, she, she starts off by saying, I know this is new to a lot of people and you can be scary. Which, and a lot of people that I was seeing on social media were saying that was, that was aimed at the audience. Yeah. Um, but then later, you know, kind of the other end of the episode, she challenges Tim Shaw to, (laughs) to rethink who he is and, you know, to to aim higher. Yeah. And, And she says, because we're all capable of the most incredible change, we can evolve while still staying true to who we are. We can honor who we've been and choose who we want to be next, yeah. which I, th- I think is glorious. That's just a wonderful, that's just a wonderful uh, idea uh, at a time in, 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 uh, at least in America where I think we're, we're maybe as a culture, we're sort of struggling with whether things should, should go back to the way they were in some imaginary glory time in the past, but uh, sometime when America was great. <laughs> we need to we need to yeah. make it that way again, or, or if there's some kind of a, 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 a another point of view that is the way to make America great, or or what is it about individuals? Is it about us as a people? But yeah, we can evolve while still staying true to who we are. I, I, I think that that's I yeah, it's one of the, the ten thousand things about this episode I love. Yeah, certainly. You know, I I think maybe that's something we may hear throughout the rest of the season is just. The doctor giving people or aliens, whatever, an opportunity to self-correct, to do us right. And, you know, it, I don't know why it jumped out so much in this episode, uh, but it just, it just, it was really profound. And like my favorite, and I may be getting ahead of Cal here, but my favorite part of the whole episode is, is after Carl does what he does on the crane to, to, uh, to the, to the alien and knocks him off. Uh, the doctor says, you have, you have no right to do that. You had no right to do that. To me, that was the most, one of the most profound statements in this episode. And I don't know why it resonated so much to me because the doctor's always been known to err on the side of right and want to do the right thing. But for some reason, hearing her say that on that crane in that moment just really resonated with me. And I don't like quite sure know why, but it did. Mm. You know what it reminded me of? I, I had kind of the same feeling. Yeah. What's that? Uh, it reminded me of the moment when the Sidorax was leaving Earth at the mm. end of the Christmas invasion. Oh, yes. And yes. she said fire. Yeah. They were yes. leaving. Yeah. You should have been happy. It was over. You had no right to do that. Right. You yeah. shot him in the back. Yes. Wow. Wow. Good callback. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I, w- I was puzzled for a minute. I thought, well, she did just put bombs in him that blew him up. Um, yeah. What, what's she complaining about? True. But, 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 but part of what she said was, Hey, you chose this. Yeah. But he didn't choose to get pushed off the crane. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she was like, yeah, you had no right to do that. Uh, That's so maybe it was a, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say maybe it's a com- commentary on when we take stuff too far, you know, yeah. Yeah. the deed is already done. Yeah. He's, he's getting his comeuppance or whatever. <laughs> Insult to injury. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And that makes me think that we've not seen the last of Tim Shaw. Hmm. He, he did teleport away. Yes. But he also has five bombs in him there. Yeah. 
<laughs> melting his DNA. Yeah. Yeah. Melting it, yeah, that, which which has got to be bad. <laughs> You'll it's, come back from that. <laughs> yeah. So we see the doctor, and the doctor, you know, gives the I am the doctor moment. And, you know, we see that. Honestly, I didn't. I would have been happy. I mean, I know it had to happen. You know, it's ultimately always has to happen. But this is one time I'm where, like with Capaldi's doctor, I was waiting for the I am the doctor moment. And, and, and don't get me wrong, by the end of Capaldi's run, I mean, I was loving, you know, the, the 12th doctor. Um, even with Matt Smith's first couple of episodes, I initially wasn't on board because it was so different from the 10th Doctor and RTD. And I, you know, quote Matt Smith, I think, sometimes more than anybody. Mm-hmm. That being said, I didn't feel like, and this is a testament to Jodie Whittaker, I didn't need the I Am the Doctor moment. She just, from the moment she set foot there, for me, was the Doctor. Yeah, yeah, same here. But but knowing that that it's sort of like that's a that's a base that you have to tag. Yes. Uh, we're talking about baseball a lot tonight. <laughs> if you if you got to go there, that I like that she said, "I'm the doctor, sorting out fair play throughout the universe." Oh, that was and, so good. And then we're done. That's all oh. she had to say. You know. Oh, yeah. So at least it was just that. That was a home run right there. Yeah. 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 There you go. She hit you it out of the park. Knocked it yeah. out of the park. That, 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 and that run, run batted in wasn't for us. It was for the new fans coming on board and, well, that's true. and to have their, you know, I am the doctor moment. And she foreshadowed it a second, a couple of times in the episode. You know, it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. I can't quite get it. Who am I? And, you know, we just get that moment in where it all comes to a head and she realizes who she is and it's fantastic or brilliant. <laughs> Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic. <laughs> oh, man. So many good lines. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I want to come back to something I said I wanted to skip at the beginning. You know, th- this writing, and I think this is one of the reasons people liked Broadchurch so much, is uh, Chibnall was able to write this ensemble and a big ensemble of cast and characters and giving them their own distinct personalities. I think this was the most fleshed out personality wise that we saw of initial companions in quite a while. Oh yeah. Uh, man. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna be really sad not to be able to see the the Graham and Grace team because I love them together. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, one cool. of the reviews that I read today said uh the Chibnall takes the extraordinary move of killing off to the episode's most likable character. <laughs> uh, yeah. And again, that wasn't meant as a criticism. It was sort of a, a Joss Whedon kind of, you didn't think I'd do it, did you? Kind of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I so, so did not see that coming, but going back and rewatching it again, and even thinking it as I was watching it, I remember thinking to myself, Wow, she would make a better companion than Graham would because mm-hmm. she was all on board for everything. Well, and I think that's really the genius of this because at her memorial service, Graham basically said as much. Yeah. And, and yeah. Ryan heard it. He, so he knows that's how Graham feels. That's got to change their relationship. Um, but, um, yeah, Graham's going to be a companion anyway, even though he's not suited for this. I shouldn't be here. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I should be dead. I should be the one who's dead. That's, and he's faced that already once. 
you know, and, and feels that she saved him from it. So she, she saved him twice. It's uh yeah, Grace is always going to be with us. I think she's always going to be kind of a, kind of a specter there. Now, isn't that actor the person they said is the reoccurring character we kept speculating about so much? Right. Before? And that's my question. She is, and they kept saying Sharon in Clark. a returning role. Is mm-hmm. that, hmm. That, yes. That makes me go, hmm. Flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. But just, you know, it's- but to me, if you say she is in a returning role, that says, Oh, we're not telling you who she is, but she's been on the show before. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I guess you could read into that a thousand ways. Maybe so. so. Yeah. Maybe so. Now, one thing that I've not seen anybody comment about that I want to comment on is that I've actually found quite profound in this episode, which was the doctor attends. Well, let me say this. The doctor who does not like endings attends a funeral. I just thought it was profound. Hmm. Yeah. Standing near the exit. Yeah. But still, you know, that just says that this is a new doctor that, Mm -hmm. you know, you and and I'm not saying she was responsible for Grace's death. Grace made her own choices (laughs) and so forth. She told her not to come back in there. Right. Yeah. But I always well, I'm I'm almost going to say, why? where was she going to go? She couldn't just jump in her TARDIS and and run off. it's good that she came because she was there for her, uh, what's it, troops, fam, team, whatever she called them. <laughs> she, she was there for her team, her family. So yeah. I see her doing that for that reason. But again, she doesn't have the TARDIS just to run in and be gone. True. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. And again, not having that, that, um, you know, defense mechanism to get in the box and run is oh, opening good. up a new storyline or a new aspect or taking the story in a new direction. Yeah. So we have the doctor and the wardrobe. <laughs> I, honestly, this was, if I were to say one scene that I didn't care for, <laughs> this would be the only one because I, that, yeah. that I still, I, I just can't buy the whole, I, I'm fine with the blue jacket, but the, 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 the ankle pants or whatever. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just, I, I can't, I just can't. <laughs> the rest of the Forever 21 stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I still don't like it, but, um, but I do like that there's exactly one thing said about it by another character and it's yes saying, you're going to go with that. <laughs> yes. So at least the show itself acknowledges that this looks weird. So. Well, my, and I, I, the doctor has always looked different from everybody else. It is, yeah. I understand it. It is, it has been part of the, the character since 1963. And, and if, <laughs> I guess I've wondered sometimes if, if the show wasn't erring too much on, uh, 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 Christopher Eccleston's doctor, you, you know, could disappear in a crowd in, in, uh, in, you know, 21st century you know, in early 21st century earth, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and so could the 10th and 11th doctors too. So, um, and certainly the 12th, I mean, um, sometimes he's got a hoodie and sunglasses on. So, um, we're, we're, this is sort of a return to classic who I, I hope it's for the better, <laughs> but well, one thing I did like about mm-hmm. that scene and it was just, it was something that you really wouldn't notice unless you're just like really just, like watching it over and over and over like I did is go back and watch it. And I just think that this for character development was just great was you see 
while she's throwing all the clothes out, Ryan is not standing there, uh, looking and just, you know, like watching what they're doing. He's on his, he's like looking on his phone and just yes immersed in his phone. And I'm like, isn't that what any guy would do anyway? If you have ever <laughs> seen two women and a guy go to yeah, clothes shopping, he's on his phone. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I noted that. Oh, and also the throwaway bit of information that apparently on YouTube, there's a, there's an instructional video showing you how to operate a tower crane, which I, I haven't looked for, but I bet there is. And I, I just love that as a bit of throwaway information. <laughs> I bet he's right. <laughs> so, well, one thing that I really like, and we're almost, you know, to the end here, yeah. but one thing that I really, really, really liked was this, this group of, TARDIS companions or friends, as they're now called, it's drawn together by a tragedy in a way, not necessarily a, oh, well, come explore with me and, you know, I can take you anywhere you want to. It was more that they, they, and the doctor included in the they were, were joined together in this story by Grace's demise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think we've never had with Doctor Who before. We've never had a tragedy bring that brings everybody together. Yeah, I may be wrong there, but yeah, I I kind of feel like there must be, but I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe Nissa because her father wasn't her father killed. Yeah. Well, her father became taken over by the master. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that was no fun. Well, she had to go to the she had to go with the doctor because she knew the doctor. I mean, she knew that her daddy was no longer going to say something nice. So there you go. <laughs> no, he doesn't say anything nice for a long time. No. <laughs> um, now, now, before this moment, and I don't want to beleaguer this too much, but um, belabor. I mean, um, when when we watched it together uh, as a family, my uh, uh, and we saw Ryan trying again and again and again to ride the bike. There, there's a part of me. Um, who who really felt like what we were going to see was the triumphant moment where he pedals away on the bike. And looking back, I would have been disappointed if that's what happened because that's not how you that's not how you train your body to do something with dyspraxia. You don't just go out there and and, and bite your lower lip and say, "Now I'm going to do it." It's, it's, that's just not how that works. Yeah. So that would have been dramatically interesting, but it also would have kind of broken the rules of of what we've seen of. Uh, of Ryan so far. So I'm glad it didn't in that way. What did happen was we pulled back to a much wider shot, that beautiful countryside again, and saw that the doctor is watching him fail over and over and over again, but he's yeah. still trying. What she was watching was that he is determined and he's going to keep, no matter how bruised he's getting doing this. And my stepdaughter said, is she just going to watch him? So I wondered what you, what you thought about that. Did it seem to you like the doctor should have gotten involved somehow, or was she doing the right thing or is she she learning is she learning something about ryan or Clarence, why, why that think? why that shot of the doctor watching that yeah i'm wondering what's the what the message is you know yeah it's kind of hard to dissect um is it because she's not really going to even comfort him she's just looking mm -hmm. <laughs> which if she was comforting him it would be totally different it's like you know even if you're going through trials i'm here for you we'll get through this together but it, it might be exactly what you said lee it's um her seeing something in him, uh, this self-determination, if he wants to do something, he's going to go after it, even if he knows it may be out of his reach. So yeah. I don't know. I, we'll have to see where that lands at the end of the story. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I have yeah. to agree with you there. I think it was more of a watching 
the, you know, not ambition, but the perseverance and the determination that he has. And I'm glad that, that he didn't just magically start riding the bike. And, you know, I'm very glad that you didn't have the doctor go down and say, you know what, Ryan, it's going to be okay. I'm the doctor. I believe in you. And then magically, (laughs) you know, everything's okay. Yeah. And that's why I'm not writing for the show, because if I'd written it, that's what would have happened. So <laughs> I just love things like that. And it doesn't it make you doesn't it make you like Ryan? I mean, yeah. I could just I Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's a double heartbreak too, because he, he started off with this thing that he can't do, this tragic thing, you know, this tragic mm-hmm. aspect of his life. And by the end of the episode, he's also lost his mother. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like it felt bad at the beginning, but now it's just like it's compounded. It feels that's even right. Worse. We've learned yeah. we've lost we've learned that he's lost his his money. Is it grand? Yes, grand. Yeah, right. Yeah. And his his dad is he says being reliable's <sighs> never been his thing. Now he's yeah. lost his grandmother, and he's got dyspraxia. She <sighs> yeah, and then he gets uh, marooned in outer space. <laughs> <laughs> So, All this and more in next time. <laughs> exactly. It's a great day for Ryan Sinclair. <laughs> so what do we think about, really quick, about Graham and being in remission with cancer? I, I love that the, that he has been given a new lease on life and that, it, and that he, he feels the best thing to come out of that was not that he's still living, but that he met to grace. Yeah. Grace. Mm. He literally received grace. So. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yes, that, that is. And I don't want to sound a pessimist here because I am, you know, newly regenerated and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm being, you know, much more positive. But you know I what it feels just, like. But I just don't want there to be like a tragedy with him. You know, I, I, um, I do want something to, to, to happen. I was watching, <clears throat> excuse me, our friend Alex Torchwood Boys, um, reaction to uh this episode and he made a comment about something that at and his end review of it that he wouldn't like to see happen by the end of the series maybe the finale which i think if it does i think it would be really really cool if he being ryan eventually calls um him granddad yeah, yeah. that would be cool it's, it's i would like happen. to see that. yeah <laughs> Yeah, that would be cool. So, guys, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you had notes about or anything that you wanted to bring up in uh, this episode before we get to our re- final thoughts? Well, we did finally get a new version of the theme song, and it sounds like the original. And, and the, the, the background on which uh, over which the, the closing titles were running even looks like the uh, the video feedback effect from uh, – from yeah. the very first episodes of, of Doctor Who. And I think that's all deliberate. I think it's all starting over. So I really, I really like that. And this episode, I assume, is going to be different from all others in that we're getting a sneak peek of um, actors who are going to be on the show. Yes. The rest of the season. And that probably meant a lot more to UK audiences than it did to us here in the States because most of these people I did not know, but I, it did, I, we know Alan Cumming. Right. Uh, but uh, but the one that made me sit up on my seat and say yes was the woman who is clearly and obviously Rosa Parks. Yes, yes, yes. I thought that was fantastic. 
Yeah. So, so the, the, that seems to confirm the rumors about that. So. And I can't remember the name of the guy, but it's the, the one of the people from Law and Order were, was on there. Chris okay. Noth or something. Mm. Yeah, you got me. Yeah. That's a, that's an excellent little teaser there. Cause you see these characters totally out of context. Yeah. yeah we have no idea what, yeah. <laughs> but they're what interesting looking and, you know, we get this little pause, sort of like the, you know, when they do in the football games, they have the players standing up there with their stats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's kind of how it feels. Well, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's do this. <laughs> yeah. We'll see that person. All right. So I want to give this, if we were doing a final rating. I, and, oh wait, Clarence, did you have anything? I think I jumped ahead of you. No, no, no. no. Okay, cool. Cool. So I want to give this a, 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 double rating. And, uh, what I mean by that is let's rate it as an episode for the story in itself, but let's also rate it on the new doctor's first episodes. Because by this time we've all seen, you know, Christopher Eccleston's that first episode, David Tennant, mm. you know, so we've seen all the first episodes of it from nine forward. Mm. So having oh, said power that, of the Daleks, spirit from space, yeah. <laughs> robot. Yeah. yeah. So um, that being said, let's go with the episode itself first rating one to five. Clarence, how would you give the episode story itself? What rating would you give? I am important. Um, I would definitely give it a five, man. No doubt. Five. Wonderful episode. You know, I, I had a few gripes, but those are all nitpicky because we know what Doctor Who is. Uh, <laughs> it's not anything out of the realm of possibility of something happening on Doctor Who. And that's just me being a, 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 uh, science jerk on some stuff <laughs> or tech nerd, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but yeah, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. You know, I think my boy, my, my friend John started watching, you know, he's not really a big Hoovian and he's trying to jump on board now. And I'm just telling everybody I see, go watch this episode. If you've ever been interested in Doctor Who at all, this is the time to jump in. Here, here. All right, Lee, what do you say? Uh, I got to give it a five also. They're just really, for me, there really was not a false note. Um and I thought I loved it the first time I saw it. And the second time I saw it, I noticed many things I'd missed the first time around, including the doctor to asking Yaz when they're in the police car. Can we have on the lights and siren? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I missed that before. Anyway, yeah, five out of five. All right. So I, for everything the two of you just said, will also give it a five, you know, um, Clarence, I think you said, you know, we, we nitpicky and we look for things because that's part of what we do because we want to have something to talk about when we get on here. So, you know, I think we do look for things, but there's nothing about this episode that I think would, would, would make me not give it a five. And if I go back and I look at some of the previous, uh, you know, first episodes transitioning into our next rating, I, I just think that this hands down just had so much going forward and going for it. It was just five. So there you go. So yeah, yeah. go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, let me also say like, I love that scene also when they were riding in the car. I'm like, what, what is more normal than the doctor riding in a car with what four other people (laughs) that's cruising along on the highway? That's right. Have we ever seen that before? (laughs) Yeah. I like that. That's so great. 
Oh, that might be why I felt the episode felt so normal too, because we had moments like that where they were just, mm. again, like it just felt like an episode of a show when the doctor just was in there. You know? right, yeah. I, I, I loved it. Well, it, this, it, it goes <laughs> to this week on a very a special project. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's almost like we're we, we are we and ourselves are becoming TARDIS haters because uh, you know mm-hmm. it's it's the present to the TARDIS that makes. Uh, all of those tidbits that we're talking about unnecessary. Yeah, you're true. That's true. That's true. So in regards to the first doctor episode of a new doctor's tenure, and I guess this is more of a rating of how happy are we with the new doctor? Because I'll be honest again, the closest that I've come to the happiness that I feel with Jodie Whittaker as the doctor embracing her would be David Tennant in his first uh, episode. It was just like immediately, Hey, you're the doctor. I didn't feel that with Matt. And I certainly didn't feel it with, uh, you know, Capaldi at the beginning. So how on a scale of one to five, how happy are you at this point with the new doctor as in accepting this is the doctor. So mm-hmm. Lee, go for it. Or Clarence, either one. Uh, yeah, I'll just frame it in my point of view of seeing a new doctor with everyone else as it happens. And this is only my second time. Capaldi was oh, my first. <laughs> and oh. I love I love the Capaldi's. I love the Capaldi's. So, I mean, I'm just going to put it up there as well with, with Capaldi, although I know you guys are not that, you know, don't have that much love for his introduction <laughs> as much. But Hey, I'm, I'm going to put up there five. I, I enjoyed it. Of the two I've seen as it happened, mm. they've both been magnificent in my opinion. And I'm I'm just loving what I'm seeing. And yeah, I'm putting it up there five, man. All right. Lee, what about you? It's a very interesting question because you've got me thinking about how much I loved Christmas Invasion when I first saw it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't Adam and Eve it. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just loved it so much. I loved the, the new Doctor so much. Uh and and then I think I felt the same way in the eleventh hour. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to be honest about the thrill that I felt, but I really don't think it it matches this. I don't think it's it's just not as exciting as this whole uh, experience was of the woman who fell to earth. So yeah, I got to give it a five too. Mm, okay. And to all the people whose comments I've read today about how they hate this show because there's a woman. Who's the doctor? And particularly to the few people I th- saw who said that the other thing to hate about it is there's too many uh, blacks and West Asians in it. What? Grow up. I just want to say, grow up. That's all. Wow. <laughs> Good one. So, um, to, for me to answer my own question, uh, you know, well, let me make a comment real quick on Capaldi's uh, Deep Breath first episode. It wasn't Capaldi that I didn't like. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. I will just leave it at that. But yeah. but but that being said, um I again can't remember since um you know David Tennant arrived, did I embrace and accept a new doctor as much as I have this new doctor. Mm. So for that I'm going to give it a five. So there you go. Yeah. Well that's pretty uh pretty high numbers all around. <laughs> I know. So my my hope is that by the time we get to episode number 10 that we will have just as much to talk about as we've had with episode number one 
Let's hope so. <laughs> or we could have turned on her completely and said, oh, God, I had such hopes for this doctor. <laughs> well, gentlemen, so if we were to wrap up and I were to ask the question, if anyone listening were, were to want to find out where they could find you online, where might they look? So, Lee, I'll let you take that first. As always, I like to point people towards uh, uh, my uh, radio drama serial, also starring Clarence Brown. <laughs> relativity and which you can find at any of your favorite podcatchers and on the website relativitypodcast.com all right clarence what about you in addition to nurturing my new fascination with mended gill uh you can find <laughs> me <laughs> you can find me at discussingnetwork.com where you can see all the podcasts i'm on just go there that's at discussingnetwork.com All right. And I would also say that if anyone is listening to this particular episode and you are a YouTube fan, you can also find the Discussing Network on YouTube at youtube.com slash Discussing Network. And also check us out on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash Discussing Network as well. Feel free to pledge as much money as you want on that Patreon Absolutely. site. Absolutely. You want to. <laughs> Absolutely. And go, and go find that, uh, that episode of, uh, Enterprising Individuals that Clarence is on. They, they are at enterprisingindividuals.com. You're looking for season three, ep- episode 17.5. Awesome. Sounds like a start date. Doesn't it? <laughs> Indeed it does. So for anyone listening, we will be on our weekly, um, episode reviews of Doctor Who Series 11, and we want your feedback. So send your feedback to host at discussingnetwork.com, and you can send us a voice clip. You can send us a written message, but let us know what you thought of this episode, what you think of the 13th Doctor, or just let us know about what you like about Doctor Who in general. And we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?